to everybody and their neighbor. Welcome back to Gear and Gigs. I'm your host, Jet Stone. So glad you guys could stop by today. It's a very special day for me, and hopefully for you too. We have got a guest in the studio we've never had, and uh, man, I can't, I can't be more excited about this. It's Taylor Cox from Amplified Nation, my personal favorite new amplifier company. I don't know if they're a new company, so, so to speak, but they're new to me. And uh, we want to talk about everything he's been doing and all his different amps. So let's bring him on, everybody, Taylor Cox. How you doing, Taylor? I'm doing great, Jet. How's it going today? It's spectacular day because you're here virtually, of course, but you're here. I'm surrounded on either side by two Amplified Nation amps. Uh, Regular viewers of our show will go, hey, wait a minute, those haven't always been there. We've usually looked at some boogies, and I've actually kind of, I still have the, the California Tweed, whoops, I can't see it there, <laughs> my chair is blocking it. Right behind me is still that California Tweed that's been in a lot of shows, but I'm kind of moving towards these, you know, we've used the two rocks for years as well, as you guys know, but uh, I'll tell you, these two amps in particular are blowing my mind, uh, just best cleans, best dirties best looking best built i can't say enough good things about them to be honest I, and this is a non-paid non-endorsed in any way uh video i'm just super enthusiastic about these amps and i actually was very excited when i bought this one straight from taylor and i asked him at the time hey man is there any way you come on the show and talk to everybody and so i don't have to be the guy that, that talks up the amps completely can you come on and, and tell us about them and he was kind enough to agree so that's enough preamble let's dive into it but thanks again for coming on personal pleasure for me and i'm just super excited to have you here yeah man i've been really excited on doing this so just to let you guys know uh these amps are um extremely boutique i would say uh they're all custom so you can choose your coverings you can choose your they let you choose your knobs you can choose your speakers uh and he'll he'll tweak to your heart's content and and these two amps very very different and i can't decide which one i like better so they're that good they've really blown my mind so let's talk a little bit about the design philosophy behind what you're doing how it started and and what your offerings are i think you have six amp types right now is that correct yeah, we got six amps. We got a new one coming out in a couple of oh. weeks. Excited about that too. Yeah, so I actually started as a cabinet builder. And um, well, when I first started, I was doing Tolex restoration. Oh. So I put a couple ads up on Craigslist. Uh, wasn't making a lot of money at work and was just trying to do like kind of some side hustling. I'd been driving around kind of like picking up different speakers and buying gear and reselling it um, and uh, making a little bit of money on Craigslist. And I went down and met with this guy that was just outside of Boston and he had a whole bunch of Tolex in his back room. He was modding my amp. I had one of those uh, Fender hot rods sure. and uh, I said, bro, like, what, what, what do you do with this? Are you retolexing people's amps? And he's like, no, I don't do it anymore. I don't have the space. He's like, but you can make a lot of money or you can make some money uh, retolexing people's amps. And I was like, cool, man. Well, I don't know. Sell me some Tolex because I was like <laughs> kind of, you know, trying to do some side hustling on Craigslist. And so I brought a bunch of Tolex home and, and rewrapped my amp and started uh put some ads online to get people, you know, kind of evolved. I was like, you know, I can change the color of your amp, I can restore your amp. And I started um rewrapping people's, you know, Mesas and Marshalls and vintage fenders and stuff. I had a couple fender roads, pianos. Oh, wow. And uh yeah, so that's how I got started. That and eventually cool. we moved outside of the city kind of born into the suburbs and I got some more space, got a table saw and started building my own cabinets. 
and um, you know, kind of gave, gave me you know something that uh, I didn't have to you know get customers in to get work. I was just able to kind of create it because I could just build a cabinet. So I found a website online, the Amp Garage. I don't know if you've heard of that website, oh. but they, they focus on building train wreck and double style amps. Oh. And the guys had no source for head shells. So I started building head shells for them and wow. they were selling in like five or 10 minutes um, on the internet. And I was like, man, I feel like I'm printing money, you know, <laughs> and they were cheap. Like I was selling it for like $150. So like, no wonder they were selling so fast. Um, and uh, after a while, kind of being in that community, I started building amps and, uh, you know, it started pretty small. I was just doing kind of some hobby stuff, built a couple train wrecks and it was the Dumble ODS. There was like a Robin Ford layout of uh, number 102 that was on the amp garage. And it was like, everyone said how hard it was and it was going to be this thing that's going to take forever. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. So it took me six weeks, I think. Like it was not like a, like, a, you know, it's probably the second or third amp that I built. Like it was a pretty big undertaking for me because you got to figure out how to, you know, source the different components and stuff like that. And you just like, it's a good time. Like you, you let it take a long time because doing those things like sourcing the components and, you know, uh, building the boards and stuff like at that point was so enjoyable. It'd give you something to do at night. You know what I mean? It was like you could pass the time and, and uh, you know, it, it kind of hobby time and stuff. Um, and I built the Robin Ford 102 and uh, it sounded great, man. I got kind of addicted to that whole Dumble thing. And I was still doing the cabinets. And at that time, I kind of moved into more of like um, the Dumble style cabs. So I was doing the suede stuff. I was doing a couple different styles of Dumbles. Um, you know, I don't have one here, but this is one of the styles with like the aluminum frame. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it kind of just went up from there. Like word got out online that I was building amps. I had built like a little bit of a reputation kind of in the community of, of um, you know, being someone that was building good stuff. And the amp started to sell. So, um, you know, that was probably 2011, 2012. And, uh, you know, it wasn't overnight, but over the next, you know, eight, eight years, I had uh, built a brand and uh, was able to quit my job. And uh, kind of now I just run the business. I got a couple employees, got six models. Um, we got a bunch of dealers and uh, life is good. Nice. Nice. Do you do stuff uh, across the pond? Do you do stuff in Europe as well? Yeah, we have a couple dealers, um, one in Germany, one in the Netherlands that Ooh. help out. I've worked with some guys in Japan in the past, Ooh, but for the most like part, them. I got good UPS rates. Uh, I can just ship direct over there. Nice. nice. Yeah. So we ship worldwide, Australia, um, you know, pretty much everywhere. Well, I will say that it's, it's, it's interesting that you started out with the covering because that's one of the most striking things about the amps before you plug it in is the covering is it's just really, really well done. He's got a lot of choices. I mean, just a zillion choices. There are thousands of permutations of amps you can put together with the various combinations of grill cloth, which is quite a few, and and Tolex or, or covering. Now, this one over here is done in a turquoise suede. Actually, I let I let Taylor suggest. What, I told him I wanted something that would really pop on the screen because I knew I wanted to feature it. And uh, he said, how about turquoise suede i'm like well who could say no to that that sounds awesome and then this one is covered in a snakeskin i i told him it, it harkens back to uh, the original uh santana boogie it kind of looks a little bit like that 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 snakeskin looked black and white and uh 
He actually sent me a bunch of colored knobs to use on this amp, but once I got them, I decided they'd look better on the black and white of this amp. So this one's got all sorts of colored knobs, and, and we'll do some close-ups of these so you can get a, a look at that. And, and I'll give you some playing examples out of both of these amps as we talk about it, so you'll be able to hear what they sound like. But man, I'll tell you, they are just so good looking which is exciting to me. As you know, if you're a regular viewer, I like my California tweed and the surf green. I like the odd color amp, but uh, these are really a, a step above when it comes to just the covering. Now let's get ins inside the amp and talk a little bit about the tones. So let's talk about these two first, just because they're here. And then we can go into the other models. And I'm, I'm super excited to hear about this, this new one. It, it sounds like I'm going to have to get my wallet out again. But mm, right now, let's talk about the, the recent acquisitions for the studio. So the Wonderland Overdrive, uh, to me, the things that, that were compelling about it were, number one, the clean tone. If I had to describe it in just a few words, I'd say huge just huge juicy and warm that that would be the three things i would say i've heard a lot of good cleans and i've heard a lot of very fendery cleans and boogie cleans which can be very nice and and warm and big but this just fills the room instantly and it's got a ton of headroom and it makes every guitar sound sweet super sweet how how would you describe the clean in the in the wonderland yeah I mean, that's a great amp it's based off of a early 80s Dumble Overdrive Special, and then it has the addition of reverb. Um, what I hear from that amp is, uh, you know, some of the words you describe for sure. It's got, um, you know, kind of a Fender style front end where it has like the big kind of bassy um, uh, or the big fat bass notes. Got a lot of clarity in the high end, really well balanced, almost like a super reverb sort of voicing, uh, maybe with like a little more mids. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's kind of a familiar sort of um, blackface sound, um, you know, and then it has like the Dumble vibe. So just like a little bit of compression right in the right spots. Yeah, it does have the compression. That's something I, I, I should have mentioned because it does have a beautiful compression. It doesn't clamp down on the sound, but it gives you a nice control feeling, and a, a snap to the top end. Never gets brittle. The bottom end is really big and fat, but it never really gets mushy. I've tried everything through it, all kinds of pickups, and it doesn't sound anything but spectacular with all of them. And your comparison to the Super, I've got a, a 62 or 63 concert over here, a Brownface uh, 410, and it's not dissimilar to that in its size and its warmth. It's super satisfying to play. <laughs>
for the distortion, how would you describe the distortion before I get into what I think it sounds like? So that amp was originally a single channel amp that I was I was building called the Dirty Wonderland. And it was kind of based off of the John Mayer signature that Two Rock came out with in 2007, mm-hmm. um, which I do think kind of sounds like a like a super reverb on steroids sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, a lot of guys loved the amp, but everyone wanted the overdrive channel added back on. So I had so many requests. I was like, you know what? Let's see if I can uh, figure out how to do this. So I had to change the reverb circuit because, um, you know, there just wasn't enough room to have this like enormous reverb circuit and also two channels. So I changed the reverb circuit and the the overdrive circuit they added to that amp. I wanted to be voiced like the early Joe Bonamassa tones Ooh. when he was playing like the four amps with like the Silver Jubilee and the Van Wielden. And um, yeah, I just love that tone. So it's kind of like a variation of the theme. So it's like the Dumble Overdrive special from the early 80s with like a little more throatiness. So it's it's uh, kind of open and, um, you know, not super compressed, like the later generation Robin Ford sort of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like real mid heavy, you know, throaty, kind of aggressive, not super high gain, but definitely like, uh, you know, it's got enough gain on tap to to do a lot of things. Yeah, it's got plenty of sustain, uh, even at mild uh, distortion levels. It's got or overdrive levels, I suppose I should say. It's got plenty of sustain. Um, it is kind of a cross between a Dumble and a Marshall in some regards. You, you mentioned Silver Jubilee. It, it does have a little a little bit of that aggression in there, but it's not a metal amp. You could play metal on it, but to me, it doesn't come across as metal. It's more soulful. It's Yeah, it's it, musical.
both channels scream boutique. Both channels scream, this is custom. This is this is not your run-of-the-mill, you know, factory tone. This is really something special. It's crafted tone uh, and yeah. both sides and we've mentioned the reverb a couple of times man oh man is this reverb spectacular i mean you know i've got a vibralux a, a 76 or 78 vibralux down here and i've got uh, a couple of different i've got the california tweed with the great reverb both of them smoked by the reverb in that thing it is just in fact both amps great reverb just so enveloping you can add a lot in there but it doesn't mask the tone it just it's just what you want. I mean, it really is just what you want for reverb. Yeah, I put the reverb circuit in that amp really close to the um, output tubes. So it's kind of like really far, far down. Um, when you when you add a reverb circuit to an amp, like you have to take signal away and then you put the signal back and you kind of do that in the same spot. Um, so where you take it out and put it back in, you know, matters a lot. So that amp is really far down, like obviously past the overdrive, but like almost to the entrance of the phase inverter. So the louder you have the um, the amp, the actually more reverb you get. So, so it's technically reverb is kind of like adding reverb is kind of like adding an effects loop and then putting the effect in the loop. Is that is that I, what yeah, I understand? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Like I, I've noticed that like, when you dial up the reverb, it actually adds in a bit of volume too. Yeah, there's a little bit of gain added. Same thing with the Amplifonics and gain, which is on your uh, well, your left. My left. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a similar reverb circuit. It sounds very similar. Now the Amplifonics and gain is a totally different beast, and uh, the way Taylor described it to me is the dirty is a Marshall and the clean is a basement. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. So that amp was, um, you know, it's kind of got a pretty cool story behind it. I got. A, uh, I had a really good relationship with um, an actor in Hollywood that sent me an original Dumble. Oh, actually, it was a baseman that he had Dumble mod. Oh. And Dumble was doing these mods at a music store in California where you could drop off like a basement or a bandmaster. And he would basically like take that and like $5,000 and he would take it home <laughs> and he would bring it back and it would be like a completely different amp. Wow. So he has the Ultraphonics which is what he was doing this mods to a lot of vintage fenders and the ultraphonics is kind of like known as being like the best fender clean you've ever heard. And my buddy Scott um, ordered the amp to have the ultraphonics channel, but then he also wanted an Eddie Van Halen kind of plexi Brown sound added as well. So, you know, like a basement has like the, what does it have? I'm trying to think how it was set up. I can't even remember at this point. Um, I think it had two different inputs. So you know how like the vintage basements have like the one and the two? Mm -hmm. So you could plug into one and it would be the clean channel and you could plug into two and it would be this like insane overdrive channel. So he sent me that amp 2017 to reverse engineer. It was all gooped and stuff. It had the circuit board on it um, and we reverse engineered it. And then I wanted to make kind of like a more modern version. So I added an effects loop. I made it channel switching, added reverb and put it in that enclosure. So didn't look like a bass anymore. It looks more like a kind of a modern dumble. Um, but man, like, yeah, it's unbelievable. Like the cleans are just beautiful, crispy, clear. Um, they have a lot of attitude if you want to throw volume at it. And then the overdrive is just like an absolute monster. You know, you can get anything from low gain Hendrix, Allman brother tones. When you dial it back, you can flip the bright switch. You can get ACDC. 
You can turn it up a little bit. You can scoop the mids, get any Van Halen. And then you can get like crazy, like tool tones out of it, um, hard rock and even even metal.
Just what you want for clean and it actually the clean side overdrives beautifully too i mean you crank that the uh, preamp up just a little bit you start to get those in-between sounds that are real soulful especially with a single coil and the yeah. uh, and the distortion side is it, it's everything you want i mean you know i've got a, a mid 80s uh marshall head over here that has been my go-to for a long time as as the marshall sound since i got this this is what i've been using this thing is it's it works with everything. I mean, Filtertron's single coil humbucker, you can dial it in so quick and it's satisfying. It's, it's, you can go crazy with it. You can dial it back. It's real controllable. I can't say enough good things about that. And, and you, right. you only that have a 22 watt, right? Sound. That's Pardon a 22 me? watt. It's the 20, this is, that's true. This is yeah. the 22 watt. You should, uh, both these have half power switches. This is the 50 watt. Both of them have half power switches, but he also makes the 100 watts version. Yeah, yeah, the 50. I saw a lot of 50 watt with EL34s in the Amplifonics. Those are awesome. Um, but we've recently been building some 100 watts. And oh my God, like I have a warehouse <laughs> here. And we we crank them up in the warehouse. And like, it's one thing you probably know, like you play an amp in like a room, like a lot of people play their amps at home and stuff. Um, I can't even do that anymore. Like I need, I'm just going to spoil with the amount of space we have here. <laughs> like we have a, it's probably like two maybe 2,500 square feet out there and it's all open. There's like boxes and stuff. I put pictures on Instagram all the time, but uh, it really gives us the opportunity to open those amps up and the hundred watt through a two by 12 is like the best thing I've ever heard. Just oh. beast. It feels like you're playing a full stack of Marshalls. Yeah. Yeah. I will say though, that even at quiet volumes, cause we do a lot of recording at, at loud volumes, but we also do a lot of recording at quieter volumes. Cause it's a little different, shakes up the mic a little differently and you can process things differently. And even at quiet volumes, super satisfying just to jam with. I mean, I can sit this close to the amp, set a volume that doesn't rip my head off. Still sounds great. The volume scaling is really well done. Yeah. Thanks man. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you like the amp. Oh, I, I couldn't like it anymore. Thank you. 
It's almost like a, a, a really great amp with a clon built in, already in front of it, ready to go. It, it's already got that, that lift. It's already got that presence. It already has that bottom end that's very satisfying and makes a great foundation. It's, and it almost has like a built-in studio compressor kind of a thing to it. I mean, and maybe a little EQ pedal. It's really like a pedal board, right? That you that you don't have to adjust. It's already set for for perfect, and you just plug in and and you're ready to go. I almost never use effects with these amps. I mean, you know, I've tried Klons in front of it. I've tried all kinds of studio compressors and EQs. I've tried all kinds of different things, and you know, they don't hurt it. But I find it's more satisfying to plug straight in and feel the amp. It feels great under the fingers. Yeah, you look like you got a pretty good pedal collection going on over there. Yeah, this, yeah, this is a rotating shelf of, of different things. We've got a couple different cabinets throughout the studio. We do a lot of pedal reviews, so we uh, we don't we don't skimp on experimentation. We try a little bit of everything. And uh, man, I tell you, I I, I just did a, a show. Uh, what was it last weekend with with Reg, which hasn't aired yet, where we uh, went through four different pedals, and I used this amp on clean to to test them all. Couldn't be happier. Sounded great. Reacted extremely well with the pedals, which I can't always say about Two Rocks. Uh, the, our Studio Pro 35 works great with pedals. Probably one of the best pedal platforms, kind of like the California Tweed, one of the best pedal platforms I've ever used. The TS1s don't react that well with pedals. I, I, there's a lot of pedals you put in front of me going, man, they just, they're just laying there. The amp sounds great by itself. Put a pedal in it. It just doesn't somehow, I don't know if it's the impedances. I don't know if it's the gain staging. There's something about it where it doesn't welcome pedals, you know, with, with open arms. Both of these guys do, and especially this one. And that yeah, was in the front end. Great. We didn't even use the loop. We were using it all in the front end. It sounded spectacular. They're super quiet. Haven't had any noise issues, you know, which is a big thing here in the studio. And yeah. uh, both of these are single 12s, by the way. Yeah, we, we've definitely tried to keep them as quiet as possible. You know, I, I got a lot of customers that are playing at home, you know, like everyone thinks I, we meet people a lot out and everyone thinks you work with like bands and guys that are gigging. And I'm like, man, my, my target customer is like the 45 year old accountant that plays at home when his kids are sleeping. You know what I mean? So, um, got to make sure that the amps are really quiet and it's a good experience when you're at low volume. So, you know, two things that are really important is you know, one thing you already mentioned is that you, know, you have a lot of flexibility with the volume controls. So there's like a good kind of taper on the different, you know, 
there's different tapers on those for your gain and your master volumes, but they're so important because you don't want to have an amp that like you can't turn the knob or it gets too loud really fast because that's just not a great experience when you want to play low volume. And the other thing is if you have an amp that's hissing and humming, like, you know, like what's the point? Like, it's just like a, not a great experience. So you, those two amps, especially, and they all do this. They're all very, very, very quiet. I've been like completely intolerant of any noise coming out of the amp. Obviously, sometimes if you crank the reverbs up or something, you know what I mean? They can get a little noisy, but that's just like the nature of the beast. Um, overall, the amps are dead quiet, super easy to control the volume. Some of the models, I didn't even put a half power switch on, you know, like the overdrive reverb, steel string singer, which is two of our kind of higher end amps, no half power. Like I add them sometimes for people, but they don't even need them because they're so easy to control. And the Dumble power amps too, because they're so cold, like you don't need to crank the amp to get a great tone. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the, the the tone and the breakup is happening in the preamp. And I mean, like, let's face it, it's electric guitar. Like it sounds better when you turn it up. Like there's no way to argue that. Um, but these amps and especially kind of amps in the Dumble style, because the power amp is cold, you don't, you don't need to get that, you know, crazy breakup from like high volume and you don't have to run an attenuator or all this other stuff that people have to run when you, when you have a, you know, vintage plexi or a train rack or some of the, some of, uh, you know, some of those other styles. So yeah, man, they're really cool. I've not yet used an attenuator on it. Never felt the need to. No, and you won't need to. I don't run either one of them on half power either. Even, even when I'm playing at a whisper, never even think I need to switch this to half power because it's so easy. Just dial down and the sound, it, it remains. It doesn't, the song remains the same. It doesn't change. It doesn't like, oh, it's anemic now that it's quiet. Not at all. But man, when you want the volume, holy cow, is there a lot on tap? I mean, I, this thing's 50 watts. I, the 22 watt would keep up with anything. I, I, there would yeah, be no loud. situation where that wouldn't work, I don't think. And this one, you know, I could blow anybody off the stage with volume. I mean, it's just so powerful. It's not just a, a loudness. It's There's no brashness to it. So you can keep going and it just maintains that sweetness and that harmonic richness. You know, it's it's a complex tone. It's not... It's not a simple tone. It's a very complex tone with a lot of, you know, multi-order harmonics going on in there that bring out the the tone of each guitar individually. When I plug a Strat into it and then plug a different Strat into it, it sounds like a different Strat, not just Strat through this amp. It really, you can hear the difference in the pickups. And I really appreciate that because, you know, we've got a, a lot of Strats and I don't want to think, well, we yeah. just have them because they're different colors. They actually do sound quite a bit different. You know, a maple neck versus a rosewood, you can hear the difference through this thing. So that's that's really amazing that that transparency is, has been maintained with all this other stuff that you've managed to do with it as well. Yeah, and I, you probably noticed like the volume is there, but like you have to, you crank it. It's not there on like the beginning part of the volume swing. Like when you start doing the pot, like it's it's pretty mellow mellow and then like you're like oh there it is and then you know you can really get that thing to come alive but there's enough control so you can have that really nice kind of at home experience but also take it to the gig and get over a drummer and the eq there's a lot of amps like a marshall or, or that kind of thing where the eq is a token eq i mean yeah it's there but you know it it doesn't do a lot there's not a lot of swing and then there's some amps like a boogie that oh my god the tone is you know it 
almost too much throw on each of the things. And it takes quite a while to dial in a sound because each of the EQ knobs has so much flexibility that you, and interactivity that you have to be very careful. These, it's it's pretty quick to dial up a tone. The EQ has a, has a, a lot of power to it, but it's not finicky power. It's like, it's it's very friendly. It's a very friendly experience to play these amps. That's one of the best things I can say about it. It's just, I never think, oh, this is going to take me 10 minutes to dial in a tone. It's, it's 10 seconds, 20 seconds, and I've got exactly the tone I was looking for in my head, and we're ready to roll. And, you know, that's that's something you can appreciate. Number only is, is today's world going faster, but when you're in a recording situation, you got a client waiting, whatever, you don't want to take forever to dial it in. You want to be able to get him a tone fast, he's happy, or she is happy immediately, and we can get on with the musicality of it. And so that's one of the things these amps have helped me do is focus on the playing. I find myself playing longer and longer the more I play with these than I did with other amps where I would, you know, spend 20 minutes trying to get the right tone. And now I'm the, I've used the wrong side of my brain for too long. And the creative side that wanted to sit down and play is a little bored. These is like, you know, you get the inspiration to play, you plug in, dink, 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 dink. Okay. Hey, I'm ready to go. And I'm, I'm wailing and having a great time. Yeah. Like one of the most frustrating things when you're playing an amp is like you set it up one way and you just like connect with it so well. And it sounds better than you've ever heard. And you're like, man, I love this amp and you come back to it the next day and those same settings and you're like, uh, where did I have the set? Why does it sound so different? Um, but I, I do think you're right. Those two amps are very easy to dial in. So even if you're coming back from, you know, a, a session you had yesterday where the amp sounded great and you come back and you're like, what happened? Like, why, why doesn't it feel the same? I don't know why that is the case, but it just is. It is. Weird. And, uh, it's a weird phenomenon. And you can get those dialed back into maybe a different spot really easily, especially the Wonderland Overdrive. That's actually the second version of that amp. The first one, I had like some other controls in the back. There was a reverb send control. There was a half loop and like all this stuff. And people were having such a hard time with it. Um, I stripped the controls out and I and I made the V2. And it was actually a simpler amp with a couple less features, but it was so much more popular because people were getting it and they were just basically like able to dial it in right out of the box and connecting with it so well, um, you know, you kind of lost some features and maybe a little bit of control, but like, it was just like such a better experience for people just because of that one thing, yeah. you know, being able to dial it in so quickly. Um, you know, it's yeah, funny because so I've been doing this for a while now. And um, if, if you take notes when you're talking to people about their experience and it can really help you in your product development, so, you know, down the road, when you're coming out with a new amp, you're like, you know what, the things I learned from talking to my customers, I mean, they give you the best feedback of, of you know, for design um, more than anything. You know what I mean? I feel like my own experience playing guitar for so long um, and being in different situations with, with bands or playing at home, um, figuring out what I like and, you know, kind of, I, I feel like I'm my own target customer. So I know what I'm looking for, um, but my opinions and stuff don't really matter that much. You know what I mean? I, I need to make sure that I'm listening to other people. So I've always paid really close attention to feedback from customers, what they like, what they don't like. Um, so then when I can make the decisions on what features are going into an amp or like how it's supposed to sound or how it's supposed to react, you know, I, I have been able to kind of take all that feedback and uh, and put it into the development of the product. So then like people get a great experience from the amps. And you can't do that over the course of like two or three years. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it takes a long time. It, that's interesting you say that because it does feel like 
when you play through some amps, it seems like either they were made in a laboratory, you know, or they were made by committee, you know, or they were made as a slave to tradition, you know, and yeah. these, it seems like they were made by a focus group of guitar players who really care about tone. And that's kind of what you're saying is over the years, you've kind of gotten a focus group's worth of, of information back and you you have tweaked it based on what you've heard. And that's what it sounds like. It sounds like, oh, somebody gets it. Somebody understands what guitar players not not may talk about what they want, but what they could actually use in musical situations, you know, to immediately start doing professional things with it. And that's what these are. These yeah. are like real good tools, you know, not not tools with too many features and gadgets, not tools that are so simple that you need to add a bunch of stuff to it. Just like working man's really great tone, but yet done like a Rolls Royce. Uh, it's it's a phenomenal combination. It's really unique. You know, I've had probably. Honestly, in the studio over the years, we've probably gone through 300 amps. I mean, wow. easily, easily 300 amps. And I've worked in so many uh, music stores and stuff over the years that I've, I've played thousands of amps. And, you know, you get a little jaded, you know, and you get a little, um, you classify amps in certain, you know, the Fender category, the Boogie category, the Marshall category. It's real easy to kind of get to that point where you sort of do that, the Vox category. Don't mean to leave those guys out. And I can't put these in those categories. This is like a different flavor, but it's like, oh, that's that flavor that I never could find. And there it is. And the TS1s got me real close. And I still love the TS1s. They sound great. But but I find myself more and more drawn to these. And when I want that Marshall-y thing, I, this is it. This is it for sure. Yeah. When I want that dumbly thing, but yet with a hint of Marshall, I go over here. And the clean, I mean, if I want a huge clean, I'm here. If I want in-between cleans or if I want that vintage clean, it's over here. I mean, these two really bookend almost everything that I personally would use in a playing situation. But, you know, I've waxed philosophical about these two for a long time. Let's, let's talk about the other four uh, options that you currently have outside of these. All right, so let me think. So we got those two. The Dirty Wonderland is another amp that I mentioned. That is the single channel version of the Wonderland Overdrive. So it doesn't have the overdrive channel, but it has a beautiful reverb. It has a couple switches on the back that let you break up the amp at lower volumes. Unbelievable clean. You know, that amp, I have to say, like, if I was going to go to, like, a desert island, that would be the amp because it's just so simple um, it will kind of redefine cleans for you. Like it does just like really, really great. Like I said, Fender kind of super reverb voice uh, with more control over the tone, with fatter mids, with more control over the reverb, with more control over the gain. That's just a great amp. Um, and that's kind of what put me on the map as a builder uh, was, was uh, again, like I mentioned, that's kind of my version of the John Mayer signature that came out a long time ago. And uh, when I was first starting to build, um, I'd mentioned I was a cabinet builder and I didn't know how to build cabinets kind of from my head, you know? So like, I didn't know how to design a cabinet off a piece of paper, just off people would, would send me dimensions. I can obviously do it now, but when I first started, I didn't know how. So like I would have guys, I'd be like, you know, they want me, they want me to build them a new head shell. And I'd be like, well, you got to send me your amp because I don't know how to do it. Otherwise, if you send me your amp, I can design something because I can take the measurements and stuff. Um, you know, cause you're doing stuff like you're drilling the top for the mounts and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of difficult. So somebody sent me one of those mayor signatures and I got to reverse engineer that. Um, and when word got out that I was building those, that's what kind of, kind of started my, you know, whole professional building career. Um, so that's a great amp. 
Then we have the uh, bombshell overdrive, which is my version of the double overdrive special. Really simple amp, three preamp tubes, no crazy features. Reverb is not an option on that amp. Um, it has an effects loop, has FET input. Very similar to the TS1 you were talking about, you know, dry amp. Um, the the uh, preamp that we do in that is the uh, high plate Skyliner, which is the later 80s Dumble, which is kind of more based off of the Robin Ford, Larry Carlton tone, where it's real smooth, compressed, real chirpy, does a note flipping thing, kind of feels like a saxophone when you're playing it. Really okay. cool vibe, way different than the Wonderland Overdrive. Well, it kind of has the same setup and the same topology of the two different channels. Um, it's just like it's a different amp, you know, with the uh, that that different preamp. And then we have a, a two larger amps, which is built in a kind of a bigger chassis. There's one right here, which would I got to point my thumb? I'm off backwards here. So that's the Steel String Singer, mm-hmm. and uh, that amp is uh, is based off of the Steel String Singer. It's a high powered clean channel amp, uh, no overdrive, and it's uh, it's very unique. It's it's kind of a hi-fi sounding amp, so it doesn't really sound like a guitar amp, although, it, it I mean, it sounds like guitar, but um, it just reacts differently. So it's more like a hi-fi system, and that it's kind of a cold, very percussive action. So it's, uh, you know, you think of like a vintage Fender or like the Wonderland Overdrive, like it's kind of a warm, kind of enveloping, you know, vintage sounding experience. This is like super hi-fi, really, really crisp, um, very representative of how you're playing, really hard to hide behind. But in the same sense, um, so cool because you can hear everything that you're doing. You can hear the calluses on your fingertips. You can hear the string snapping back on the on the fretboard. Um, you throw a pedal in front of it or a fuzz and it just gets absolutely massive. It has so really cool, like a Stevie uh, Ray Vaughan sort of a thing, then. Yeah, definitely. Very, very similar to Stevie's amp. I think he played a couple of them. Um, and uh, it has these cool six position filters. So it's got these uh, like tone filters you can change. So it's got a regular EQ with your bass, your middle, and your treb. Uh, but then it also has high and low filters. So you can click these filters for like a fast EQ adjustment. Mm-hmm. So if you're changing guitars, maybe a different pickup, or you just need like to drop out some bass um, instead of messing with the tone stack. You've got kind of like preset EQ settings that are almost, it's almost like a second tone stack that's set further down the circuit. So this is a, a faster responding amp, you'd say probably, huh? Yeah, it's very, very fast. Yep. Um, but they're, they're cool. It's a, it's definitely an experience. Like I said, kind of tough to play. So it's definitely not for everybody, uh, but, you know, just an absolute monster. And that amp has an FET input, um, which is a little bit higher gain. So it's got two inputs, normal and FET. And then it has a preamp boost. And when you stack the preamp boost and the FET input and you turn that amp up, oh my God, like it is like nothing you've ever seen. We've got, um, like I mentioned, the warehouse in here, it'll shake the concrete floor, like just massive, massive sound. It feels like you're playing a full stack, even when it's a a 50 watt combo, Um, just such a cool experience. And then we have the overdrive reverb. Um, There's one way over here. And uh, that is a really cool amp too. That's kind of the Wonderland Overdrive vibe, but it has a much bigger reverb circuit. Um, it has really a, a ton of um, preamp tubes. It's got six preamp tubes as opposed oh, wow. to the four in the Wonderland Overdrive. And a lot of those are dedicated to the reverb circuit. And it adds this really cool brilliance to the tone. So you mm. just have like, um, 
you know, almost like a little bit more uh, with that. It's a, kind of like a, a lot of clarity. It's kind of really organic sounding. It, that is an easy amp to play um, based again on like one of those early 80s low plate classic Dumble preamps, you know, just does a lot of things. Beautiful with a Strat, great with the Tele. It's got a uh, really righteous overdrive channel, kind of same sort of Bonamassa vibe to it. And uh, the reverb is huge. And that amp has a couple of unique features. It does have the FET input built in, the beautiful reverb. And then it has these two controls in the back that are called ratio controls. And they're effectively master volumes for each of the channels. Mm. So each channel has a master volume and then the amp has a master volume. So Ooh. there's so many different ways to, you know, not only control the volume of the amp, but to structure the gain of each channel. So you can get, you know, the channel absolutely cooking super hot, or you can keep it kind of mellow and then you can still scale the amp. So um, it's, it's pretty unique. It's very yeah. easy to play that amp. Setup can be a little challenging, you know, as opposed to the Wonderland Overdrive, which is just like so simple. Um, but, you know, I'm talking about learning curve of a day or two right. and, uh, sure. you know, to master maybe sure. a read through of the owner's manual. So that's for been me, a really read the manual. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't have manuals for everything. We're still working on a couple. We're not of... <laughs> recommending that. Relax, everybody. We're not telling you, you got to read the manual. It's I've never option. been big on. Yeah. You don't, you don't really need to read the amp manual, you know, <laughs> call it up um, on your phone and just zip through it. It'd be fun. Yeah. Just watch the demo videos. Uh, so that's, that's really been a great amp for us. We've been building so many of those. Now, one of the things we should mention is that there are amps that the clean and dirty channels are connected and actually the clean gain stages into the dirty. And that's what we have over here. So how you set your clean gain actually affects how your distortion or your overdrive, I keep calling it distortion, my apologies, your overdrive channel will feel, react, everything. I mean, it, and, and they share an EQ. On this amp, they're, if I'm not mistaken, they're completely separate animals, right? Yes, independent preamps on the amplifonics and gain. Um, you're referring to a cascading preamp. There we go. So, you know, that basically... Oh, sure. Whip out the jargon, man. That's fine. It's like a... Uh, if you think about it, it's like a waterfall, you know, like two waterfalls. So you have like the first waterfall is your is your clean channel, and that feeds the overdrive, which is your second waterfall. So if you have more of your clean hitting that, you know, top edge of the waterfall, you're going to get more overdrive. So I think waterfall the, overdrive. I, I hear a name yeah. of a new amp. That's pretty good. Yeah. Cascading circuit. So yeah, the, the louder you have your clean, the more saturation you're going to hear in your overdrive, um, which can actually be kind of a challenge because you know what's great for your clean isn't always great for your overdrive. Like a lot of guys like the bright switch on their clean, mm -hmm. but bright switch doesn't sound great on your overdrive. You know, mm -hmm. so there can be a little bit of a balancing act with a cascading amp. Um, and just kind of where you're going to set the where you're going to set the levels of each channel and stuff. But again, it's not like a crazy learning curve for most people. It's just kind of understanding what's going on because I'll have guys call me and be like, "Man, I can't get anything out of this overdrive channel." And I'm like, "Well, you know, where where's your clean volume?" And they'll be like, "Oh, like I have it set really low." And I'm like, "Well, turn it up. You know, you crank up the clean, <laughs> and and then you just get so much more saturation and and life out of the overdrive channel. But it can be tough because then you get a really loud clean channel. So you know, people people figure it out though. It's not not the end of the world. Now, do you favor a solid state or a tube based rectifier? Um, usually the solid state. the The tube rectifiers are cool. You know, you get kind of that squishy, yeah, yeah a little cool. squishy feel, yeah. a little bit of sag. Um, the tone of the solid state and the tube rectified amps is exactly the same. 
So like, I don't think anybody could tell by listening to the amp, whether how, how it was being rectified. You know, I think what we're really talking about is the feeling that you get when you play the amp and, and how quickly it responds. Mm -hmm. So I do get a lot of guys call and be like, you know, is that tube rectified amp on YouTube? And I'm like, dude, you could never tell. Like the yeah. the real, you know, magic of the tube rectifier is for the guys that maybe want to hide behind the playing a little bit. Maybe they want it to be a little sloppy, like, you mm -hmm. know, maybe mm -hmm. some some dirty blues or something mm -hmm. where you want a kind of relaxed feel with the amp or, you know, you, you just kind of want to be like a little bit behind what you're hearing, which, which is cool at times. Yeah. For me, it's um, a re it's a, I, I phrase it in terms of recovery from the previous yeah. note, you know. Yeah, and the, definitely. And the solid state is snappy. It's right there. Your next note is is as immediate as the one you just played. And the, the tube tends to, like you say, it tends to be a little bit behind. Yeah, so the tube, the tube rectifiers, they power the amp in a less efficient manner. Mm. So the solid state rectifiers are real fast. So like the power is just kind of always there. Mm -hmm. But the tube rectifiers, if the amp has a really big hit, like a low E or like a really heavy power cord or something, um, it can just be a little bit slow to respond so that you get this effect called sag, mm -hmm. um, which some people really like. But for the most part, we do a lot of solid state rectification, you know, which is great for guys that want to play fast or maybe do want a really quick response from the amp. I think that's kind of the majority of what people are looking for. Um, it's kind of weird because like the tube rectifier, I obviously charge a little more for it because it's more tubes and you know, we got to wire it up and all that kind of stuff. And we use a custom transformer. So everyone thinks it's an upgrade. They'll be like, and I'm like, well, it's not really an upgrade. Like there's not really, it's not really better or worse. You know what I mean? It's just like a different style and a different feel to the amp. Interesting. You know, now this this amp here has got a a contour knob. Tell me a little bit about what that is, because that's a, you don't see it on a lot of amps. You see it on a, a some Dumble style amps, but in general, contour is not something you see on amps. So what what is that? Exactly? Yes. So I think like on the vintage Vox amps, wasn't there's a cut control, right? Cut control, yeah. And which the works cut control, by the way, which works backwards. Yeah. So that's basically a cut control in reverse. Oh, so, so the cut the right way. Yeah. So the cut control when you turn it up you hear some uh the high end kind of gets rounded off right darkens up the tone a little bit mm -hmm. the contour is a very similar effect but just in reverse order so when you turn it uh counterclockwise it cuts the highs and when you turn it up uh clockwise you'll hear kind of like some more highs come in could be a nice adjustment switching guitars that's what i was gonna say i think of it as my single coil versus humbucker knob yeah. That's the way it did. I'll dial up a tone with a humbucker. It sounds great. Pop in a single coil. I'm like, oh, take the contour knob down by 30%. And now we're back to where we were. Only, you know, it sounds like a different guitar, but at least it's a great sound without too much of anything. Yeah. You know, some of the amps that we do have a um, presence control mm -hmm. or accent. And it's all the presence and the accent are basically like exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, the contour control does a similar they all kind of like do the same thing but the contour control on those amps i feel like is more effective it has a little and, bit of mids uh, to it does it dip down into the mids like the 4k maybe a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. i think that's accurate like. like the presence control that we have on the overdrive reverb and the uh studio string singer aren't quite as reactive like you can hear it's like you can hear it a little bit but it's not like as significant as, as that amp now, each of these amps has got switches. This one's got a bright switch, which is dramatic, to say the least, on the clean channel. This one has got uh, treble, mid, and bass switches, which are also 
extremely useful and pretty dramatic. And it, it, it's, it's astonishing how flicking one switch can really change the entire character of the amp on this side. And on this mm -hmm. side, as soon as I go to the bright, I, I can dial the treble literally all the way down and it's still got plenty of that top end. So if you want kind of that traditional Fender thing, for me, the way I've been getting it is plenty of bass, roll the treble all the way down, flip the bright switch up, keep the, the main volume down and I'm, I'm there. It sounds like vintage Fender on serious steroids. Yeah, yeah. They, and that's exactly what we're intending to do with that amp. Yeah, so the uh, Wonderland Overdrive and most of the amps have a bright switch and a mid and both of those are boosts so you get more treble and more mid the deep switch on that amp is actually a high cut so you're cutting some of the higher frequencies so you actually hear probably the volume go down a little bit when you engage the deep switch um and uh then our other amps like the uh singer and the overdrive reverb and the bombshell they have a rock jazz switch so okay, no deep like a switch TS1 or a yeah ts1 so it's like a couple different eq settings so most people like the rock it's more aggressive but jazz can be good kind of dials the um volume down a little bit mellows the amp out so again like it's kind of good for you know maybe at home playing or if you want to just kind of figure out a quick way to kill the volume maybe you know, it'll be less aggressive have you ever thought about doing a bypass function like like is found on Dumbles or TS1s where they'll just bypass the tone stack and all the, the switches and just basically give you gain? Yeah, so the preamp boost on the Wonderland Overdrive, that's mm -hmm. what that is. That's basically a bypass switch. So it's just oh. labeled differently. Okay. Yeah. So right. the bypass, um, the bypass, I, I I shouldn't speak for two rock, uh, but I'm pretty sure the bypass on their amps is the same thing. It's this the double preamp boost. So what it does is it partially disconnects the tone stack, which is essentially bypassing the tone stack. So you get a little bit of a gain boost. So it's it can be a little tricky. You know, that's another kind of feature that can kind of your mileage may vary based on where your tone stack is set. Yeah. because you're cutting the tone stack out like ours doesn't completely disconnect but it, it almost disconnects all the way um so if you have the tone stack set in one spot and you disconnect it like the relative difference from where you are to where you're going with the switch being engaged could be really pleasant and sometimes it doesn't really sound that good you yeah. know um one thing that i've noticed with the uh, preamp boost that really kind of is foolproof is uh running the mid switch so if you run the mid switch on the preamp who's always sounds good mm. i'm not sure why but it's it's yeah. a it's a significant difference yeah mm. so uh yeah that's kind of the bypass all the amps have that too at least the amps are the overdrive now i'm familiar with uh, an fet front end because of the ts1s but some people aren't because that's not also not a common thing on amplifiers so talk to us a little bit about what an fet front end would would mean and why you would want that so an fet input is um it's it actually was originally used for acoustic electric guitars before they were running through the front of the house so nowadays you know you just you just run your acoustic electric through the pa you know but um i'm not sure you know, probably the 70s, maybe you could use the FET input, which would um, it goes in line with a small transistor gaze transistor based gain stage. So there's like a little circuit board on the side wall of the amp um, where there's a transistor and it just kind of steps up the gain a little bit. So if you were playing an acoustic electric, you kind of get a little bit more 
gain before it hit the uh, the first tube of the amp. Now, I don't know if anyone really used an acoustic electric with these dumbbells, but they if you plug an electric in, you kind of get a little bit of a gain boost. can be kind of a fusion-y sort of sound, maybe like a little bit higher gain. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pleasing effect. It, it they're, You know, it's funny because nobody used to use the FET input. When I first started building dumbbell amps and selling these th- things, nobody used the FET. Like it was a joke. And I took it out of a lot of the amps. Like it's not even in the Wonderland Overdrive. There's a single input. And I took it out because nobody was using it. And uh, and then I ended up adding it back in a few years ago. And now everybody loves the FET. <laughs> so, so strange. So, um, you know, it's, it's a foot switchable feature on the Steel String Singer now. So you actually use, you know, engage it with the foot switch. Um, and, and I started to like it too. It, it sounds really good on that amp, especially when you uh, boost it with the preamp boost. But if you have an amp like the Overdrive Reverb or the Bombshell, the FET can be really cool. You, it's almost like a third channel where you just get a little bit more boost. Um, so you can drive the overdrive harder or you can get like maybe a little more breakup out of the clean channel. Uh, it's like a turbo kind of. And there's a little trimmer inside too. So you can set the amount of gain boost that you get from the FET. Um, and that's something that I've put on the outside of some amps, but it's kind of a pain. So we just leave it inside and just set it for customers. But there's a little trim pot inside. So if you wanted like more boost out of the FET, you can adjust it. All right. So now you've convinced me that I need four other amps. <laughs> I thought I was pretty good with the two. But but now I'm going to really open up the kettle of worms here and say, tell me about the one you got coming out. When and what is it? And why do I, why do I want it? All right. So yeah, we got a new one coming out. It's actually... Um, it's getting painted right now. We got we got maybe twenty of them. I think twenty or thirty of them that we're gonna we're gonna do like the initial run, and it's based off of the Overdrive Deluxe, which I don't know if you've ever seen that amp, but it was uh, Dumble modded at Deluxe Reverb Ooh. and put an Overdrive channel into it and retained the reverb and the bias trem. So um, this is gonna be kind of our version of that amp. It's going to um, be called the Trem Drive Deluxe. And it's going to be a single channel amp. It'll have bias trem, reverb, and it's uh, it just has like this insane gain channel. So so it's single channel, but it's got it's got two different overdrive controls. So you can basically there's like almost like a gain one and a gain two pot, and then a master volume. So a whole different bunch of different ways to kind of structure the gain. You can get some really great cleans out of it. Um, and then you can get some, you know, real raunchy overdrive as well. Um, it's it's kind of a new new amp for us because it has trem, which we've never done before. Um, so it's it's pretty cool having that on board. Um, and it is going to be in our large size chassis. Super cool. Uh, really simple amp. It'll have a foot switch, but the foot switch is only going to control the trem. Uh, and everything else will just be kind of dial, dialed in. So it's not going to be quite as flexible as our two-channel amps with foot switching and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's a super fun amp to play. And it's one of those amps that, you know, you almost want to set up and control the gain, like more with your volume knob and your guitar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's like, you know, how there's like some amps that do that better than others. Mm-hmm. That amp is just like, it's really cool. Cause you can, you can dial your guitar volume back and get some really great cleans, keep it mellow, or you can get super aggressive and you know, just get like bone crushing amounts of gain. Um, it's going to be different than the Overdrive Deluxe, though, because I've planned on having it like, you know, I've, I've you mentioned it before, but like all of our amps are fully customizable. So we have a 
uh, basically like, like a creator on the website where you can go on, you can pick your covering, you can pick your grill cloth, um, you can pick, uh, you know, if, if you want a head or you want a combo and you can pick your power level. So you can get a 22 watt, 50 watt, 100 watt. There's a couple of amps that have 150 watt options. And this amp is going to have all those same power levels. So it can be an overdrive deluxe that has a hundred watts, a hundred and fifty watt deluxe reverb. Wow! Yeah, like you know what I mean. So <laughs> it does be a little bit different than uh, than some of our competitors have out, um, but they're really fun, man. It's it's a cool amp. I think it's going to be good. Um, you know, it's it's. I don't think it'll be as popular as the two channel amps just because you can't like gig with it quite as like it wouldn't be a great wedding band amp you know what i mean mm -hmm. but so much fun to play everyone that's tried it that came that's come to the shop is just like blown away the trem is really cool it does a um almost like a fuzz sort of tone from the overdrive when you engage it the right way so yeah it'll be really cool i think we're probably looking at uh end of may maybe interesting. Co interesting. couple more weeks yeah, RJ is going to, my, my boy RJ Ronquillo is going to demo it. Um, mm, got a he couple does some of, great uh, demos. He, yeah. His Wonderland Overdrive was another compelling one for me. I got a couple of other guys lined up. Um, yeah, sure, it should be cool. So stay tuned. It'll be out in a couple of weeks. Fascinating. Man, oh man, I tell you, I'm, I'm just so into these amps, people. I, I can't recommend them highly enough, although I sure have tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it, man. Oh, no, there, you, you, are, you should be so proud of what you've done. And, you know, all amps are um, are taken from a, a long history of amps and all of them are, are you know, a, a progression as we go through life and, and, and you know, the modern world. And, and the direction that you've taken, the path that you've chosen is really satisfying. You know, uh, so many times everybody's looking for an amp that is, everything right that can do everything like the wedding band guy he, he's going to do you know cindy lopper and he's going to do metallica in the same show but if you're playing in an original band there's a good chance you're going to have you know only a couple of tones that you use the whole night you know that'll be your thing so it really does depend drastically on on what your usage is really going to be so as you guys are thinking about amplifiers don't necessarily think oh i got to get one that does everything get one that will work for you that'll make you happy that that is an enjoyable experience to use that lets you get to what you want to quickly so you can concentrate on the music we say at gear and gigs that the gear really doesn't matter you can play with any amp and 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 the audience won't care not once has anybody in an audience listened to somebody playing guitar and think oh man that guy's using 606s he really should switch to el34 nobody in the audience is thinking that even the guitar players aren't thinking that you 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 take what you're given as an audience and you either like it or you don't, but you don't often critique it down to, you know, I wish there were changes. I wish it was different. So what you need to do is find something that inspires you, that, that gives you the fizz, that makes you want to play, makes you want to come back and practice more, play more, use it, record it, and, and take it places and show it to people because you want to play, not because it looks cool or, or seems impressive. And while these look cool and seem impressive, the thing I like best about them is how they make me feel. Every time I walk into the studio, I'm like, I can't wait to fire up one of those guys and start playing. And we're actually going to be doing some stereo reviews here on some stereo pedals, and I can't wait to hear them both in stereo. It's going to be exciting because they're very different, very different characters. I'm, from the same manufacturer, you don't often get that drastic a difference in character, but these two really are. And it sounds like there's four or five more I may have to uh, eventually uh, line my back wall here with, but uh, man, oh man, you know, well done. Well done, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah. I want to thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate you kind of filling us out on this and, and telling us about the, the new piece. Please let us know when that thing comes out. And, and uh, you know, if we can review that, we would love a chance to. Yeah. What a blast, man. You're the first person to hear about that. Ooh. Other than the guys working here. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I we know. feel very honored then. Uh, I'm going to put links down below for uh, all the, the the sites and sounds that you can go check out and uh, and some other reviews from some other folks, some fine folks on YouTube who I don't look at as competitors. We're all just trying to get you the information. And, uh, and man, there's been some great demos of these. And uh, we hope you come back next time to see us on Gear and Gigs. So, all right, Jet. Thanks, Taylor. For Taylor, I'm Jet, and we'll see you guys later. Thank you. Thank you.